Welcome everyone to the Canto Cast. I'm Tristan. I'm Jeff. And come on to the casino because we're about to talk all things Star Wars and geek. So grab a blue milk. And get some wampa jerky. Pull up with your favorite tauntaun. Because we are about to get things started. You may want to buckle up, baby. Welcome everyone back to the Canto Cast. I'm Tristan. I'm Jeff. And today we obviously have the big Mando episode to talk about. Big in content, unfortunately, <laughs> but maybe not a huge issue, of course. A little short in duration, 35 minutes. Or, and I think, Jeff, yeah. you said it was it the shortest episode that we've gotten so far? Yes, and someone tweeted out, which I didn't notice until they tweeted this out. They said... They tweeted a picture, screenshots out of the first three episodes on the Disney Plus menu there. And you know how they have the duration time next to it. Right. With a caption saying, they're supposed to be getting longer, not shorter. (laughs) The first one was 50, uh, what, 55 minutes? Roughly, yeah. 40 some minutes and then 35. Right. And I was like, oh my goodness, they are going down. They're supposed to be going up. Yeah. But, yeah. I I hope it doesn't continue the trend next week because <clears throat> I don't... Oof. With the one big reveal... Well, there was two big reveals, in my opinion, in this latest episode. But, yeah, I'm just really excited for this Friday's episode. See if we're going to get another big surprise. Yeah, I, I it is really, I, and I think it's starting to grow on me a lot too, especially since I've like talked to more people and friends over the weekend and have kind of had to let the you know episode process fully. You know, I I was very weary. I was like, oh boy, like now that they're bringing in you know a bunch of characters that we know, like is this gonna detract from the story? But um, after talking about it with friends, and they had all had really good things to say, and like really, you know, I think reassuring, you know, ideas about like the way the story is going to go. I, I think it's going to be done really, really well, and it's something that's going to be amazing, you know, once it all fleshes out. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I, 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 no, go ahead. I was going to say I actually did a a special episode of the. My my podcast license last night, the Blue Mill Cafe, mm-hmm. for it was a quote. It's called the Blue Mill Cafe special, a play on the holiday special, which of course tomorrow is Life Day. So yeah, the episode that I did last night will drop tomorrow, and I interviewed Andrew Mall. He's from. A podcast that's on hiatus right now called Pop You Pop Culture You. Yeah, Pop Culture You. And and we were talking about it and he he was bringing up a very good point saying he goes even though the Mandalorian is doing a lot of fan service it doesn't slap you in the face. Yeah. It doesn't it's not pandering. It's not like saying, oh, you remember this or, oh, my goodness, here is this. And they have to explain it to you with dialogue and stuff. They don't do that. It's there. And we're like we were discussing last night, too. We were I was like, 
people that don't watch the Clone Wars animated series will have no idea who Bo-Katan is. To them, it's right. just another new character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But to us like, nerds, we're like, oh, my God. And knowing that it was Katie Sackhoff, the one that voiced the character for all those years, mm-hmm. to actually get to bring her to life, I think, was perfect. Yeah. Let her do it. It's her character. Let her bring it to life. So, yeah. Like I said, yeah, the pop, the, the, um, fan service is not like in your face pandering. I think they're doing fan service the right way. Yeah. I, I think that, and as you mentioned too, like my parents, for example, you know, they have not watched any Clone Wars or Rebels content. So they have not had any exposure to Ahsoka or Bo-Katan mm-hmm. or, you know, anyone that you could think of like that. I mean, another great example is um, in Rogue One. They had no idea who Saul Guerrero was. I mean, of course I did because I had seen the Clone Wars and everything. But, um, yeah, like they just, they don't know. So to them, it's completely fresh and organic. And I think because, especially after seeing their reaction, they were just as like excited and like thought it was just as good as everything else. I think that, in a way, kind of pays testament to that the show is still maintaining its quality. It's not getting lazy because they know they can get an easy win, per se, by throwing in familiar characters. Um, Like, they are still very much, like, have a complex... I mean, if you want to call it complex, they still have a very, you know, narrative-rich story that they're telling. And, uh, you know, and it's still maintaining its quality and i think that's like the really important thing you know it's not like it's oh here's just a bunch of characters you know on the screen doing nothing like no there's actually legitimate you know reason for the characters to be on the screen the characters are contributing to the story you know like it's all written and tied in really nicely um right and 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 that's really you know the, the way to do it i think yeah yeah even the way ahsoka's name was dropped there in that episode it 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 just she just kind of said it matter of factly because why because that's how you do it you don't go oh you got to go find this jedi that i used to hang out with that her and i did this and this and this that to me that would be pandering like building her up right she just said go go to this planet find ahsoka tano and blah blah i'm like when she said her name, my jaw was just hit the floor. Yeah. It's like, or I said, so it, it's true. We're, we're going to see Ahsoka. And I don't know if Favreau and Filoni are going to make us suffer and wait till episode eight <laughs> <laughs> season, or if we're going to get it this Friday. But that's, yeah, that's probably the billion dollar question this week. And another thing I liked was that they did not make Sasha Banks Sabine Wren. I am so glad they did not make her Sabine Wren. She's just another, she's just one of Bo-Katan's Death Watch members. Right. With, with her. She's a new character along with the other guy that was there. He was a new character. I am so glad they didn't make her Sabine Wren because all that talk before the season even came on going, Oh, that, that's what her character is going to be. She's going to be uh, Sabine. I'm like, why? What makes you think that? Just because, like, when 
her uh, wrestling character has multicolored hair, so she'll be perfect for her. I just don't understand. Right, right. But yeah, it. I was just so happy when she wasn't Sabine. And you never know. I think that could be another surprise that's still coming. Because sure. the last time we saw Ahsoka, it was that end scene there in Rebels when they flash forward to, what, like a couple months after uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. They were getting ready to set off to look for Ezra. So Sabine was with Ahsoka. She could still be with Ahsoka when he shows up. So we still might see Sabine. We just don't know who's playing her. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a surprise. It, it it could be the baby Yoda for this season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, and yeah. And just backtracking a little bit here. Um, when you start talking about like the Death Watch Mandalorians, that you know obviously reminded me how in the episode we kind of find out that Mando was part of like a a cult branch, we can say, of called, the Mandalorians. Called the Watch. Yeah. And right, yeah, about that, because I've listened to other podcasts, and some of them are saying that, oh, that means Mando was part part of Death Watch. And I was like, no. I, no, I think he was part of, like, what Bo-Katan said. He was part of the Watch. Not Death Watch. The Watch. Right. I think Death Watch formed to try to eliminate the Watch. Yeah. She said they were a cult of religious, in other words, fanatics. Right. Trying to cling on to the old ways of Mandalore, which the old ways is what Din Djarin's practicing. He can't take his helmet off. Right. Because he did. Right away, when Bo Katan took their helmets off, right away, he didn't think they were Mandalorian. Where'd you get that armor? So she was like, this is my family's armor. So yeah, and she was like, and when he goes, well, it's forbidden for us to show our faces. And that's when the other guy said, he goes, he was like, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I was like, I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. A, yeah. And so hopefully my, 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 my wish now is that as the season goes on, hopefully Dinjarin gets f- more friendly with Bo-Katan and her little group there, and we might see Pedro Pascal without the helmet. He might yeah. start taking his off a little bit more. And actually, Pedro said in an interview that's one of his wishes. He wants to be without the helmet more, so he he can actually be on screen. Because um, of course, people heard, you know, read that story. Oh, he he wasn't really in the suit that much. It's his voice, but he's really not in the suit. It's a different actor because of all the stunts and stuff. Right. But I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's his voice. But yeah, if I was Pedro, I'd be like, yeah, let me walk around without the helmet. Please put me in the armor. Yeah. So, yeah, because I think one of the few times he was actually in the armor in season one, is when he actually had to take his helmet off for IG-11 to uh, fix him up. Right. So, yeah, I, I think it would be cool to see him walking around with his helmet underneath his arm. Mm-hmm. So, 
Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he, he, he starts to learn, like, hey, there is other Mandalorian out there that are true Mandalorians, because he's a, technically he's a foundling, so we, we don't know he's not 100% Mandalorian, that remove their helmets all the time. Right. And it's not a big deal. So I think we, hopefully I think we will see a scene with him in the armorer again, where he goes back to her and goes, hey, yo, there's some Mandalorians out here that walk around without their helmets. Explain that to me. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, uh, also that, that culvert that he was a part of, obviously were part of the old way too because the armor is the one that said to him in the first season have you ever taken your helmet off in front of someone so right there you know she's part of the old way and stuff like that as well so it would be really interesting to see if we actually get we might get you know mando on mando fights sometime this season yeah so. It really is going to be interesting, you know, to see how that all plays out. Um, I guess if I had to make a prediction, uh, I would think that, you know, Mando might be comfortable enough to at least take his helmet off near other Mandalorians. And that might, mm-hmm. you know, be on the way of, like, forming an alliance with the other, you know, Mandalorians, especially if, uh, you know, just, yeah, especially if there's nothing really left of his original creator religion left to, you know, make sense to keep on following it, you know? Um, right. So we'll see how that plays out. And uh, I, could, I could even see Ahsoka saying something to him when she meets us, when he meets Ahsoka saying, why, why don't you take your helmet off? Yeah. Yeah. Because all the Mandalorian she's ever known always took their helmets off when they were talking to you. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting and to see if he starts to accept some of the new ways or updated ways of the Mandalorian and start to accept it. But we all know how hard is it, it is for people to change that have been taught one thing their whole life. So Right. Yeah. We'll that, that, yep. Yep. It'll be interesting to see uh, Yeah, how that all plays out. Um it's just another probably going to be, I don't know if it'll be the main focus of the sh- show in season two, but it could be one of the main, you know, subplots could be him, right. you know, kind of finding a, maybe a new way in his Mandalorian lifestyle. And especially, man, I mean, cause like, let's say, you know, hypothetically speaking, he gets baby Yoda to Ahsoka. Um, I mean, at that point, you know, you, you have to ask like, well, I mean, this Ahsoka from there, get in touch with someone like a Luke Skywalker. Right. Is that something that's on the horizon? Um, Thinking big, that's kind of what my mind went to. Like, she's going to be the connecting piece between, you know, Baby Yoda and, and, yeah, and, like, someone who is actually, at this point in the Star Wars timeline, reestablishing the Jedi Order. Right. Because at this point, I mean, Ahsoka has to know Luke Skywalker, right? Like, has to. Well, I would say so. If she's been, if her and Sabine have been traveling all over trying, I know they're trying to get to the outer reaches to find Ezra, but right. 
Tatooine is kind of on the fringe of the outer edges, so... Yeah, and you would, you know, the person who blew up the Death Star that was, like, probably one of the most wanted people in the galaxy, like, she would have seen his wanted... Like, there, there would have had to have been something, right? And they... Yeah. The New Republic also, of course, as we saw in the previous episode, they're out and about, as we saw when they were chasing Mando. And surely the New Republic has hailed Luke Skywalker as a Jedi or, and or a war hero, you know? Right. And could like, he be... And at this time, too, it's so... what? It, yeah, it's like three or four years after Return of the Jedi. So he probably... His academy's probably up and running. Yeah. So she would have to know about him because if she would ever like her and Sabine out on their own and she goes, you know what? We could probably use another younger, you know, Jedi. Right. Stop by the Academy. Ask Master Skywalker if he wants to, hey, get, can I have a Padawan? But I mean, like, what if Luke Skywalker sees a baby Yoda? I um, think that would freak him out. Like, how could he not accept, you know... Th- Someone is the same species. Right. I think his head would explode. Yeah. But, Um, yeah. And I think that might be season three material, you know? Might be getting more into Skywalker space. I bet that this week's episode, which will be chapter 12. Yes. I think chapter 12 will be about getting to Ahsoka. And right. maybe, like, at the very end of the episode, like, it is just, like, we don't see her. I'm going to guess we don't see her this chapter. But right. it's going to be, like, at the end, you know she's, like, in the, you know, whatever building they're about to walk into or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, boom, chapter 13, you know, we're rolling with Ahsoka full time at that point. Um, yeah, that that is my guess as well, because I, I mean, even though I really am excited to see her, because we... Yes, everyone, it, it's it's a good chance that it's going to be Rosaria Dawson. But, because she's already confirmed to be in the season playing someone. Right. But, could another surprise for us be that Ahsoka isn't played by Rosaria Dawson? Mm-hmm. Could Ahsoka actually, they gave Katie Sackhoff, Bo-Katan... Would they right. actually give Ashley Eckstein Ahsoka? Right. That would blow my mind and make me so happy. I would be so freaking happy. But like, like I said, my, my money is on Rosaria Dawson, though. But if if they surprise yeah. us like that, I would be like, that's it. You know, I love you, George Lucas, but Filoni and Favreau have just stepped above you just a little bit. <laughs> so but oh my god and I think this coming I think this coming uh, Friday's ups, or chapter 12 I think is directed by Taika Watiti, and I think chapter 13 is directed by Dave Filoni so Ahsoka's Dave Filoni's baby so I would say the the episode that Dave Filoni's directing is going to be the episode we see her in. Yeah. So. Yeah, it really is. Um, that that would be extremely fitting, right? If Filoni got to bring Ahsoka into you know the live action realm. Right. Um, I could I couldn't think of a more appropriate way to do it. 
And uh, yeah. that's not even like I'm not even trying to, you know, take away anything from Taika Waititi because he is, oh, as no. we know, extremely talented, oh. such an awesome director. Um, yeah, so I mean, and I, we know anything he does will be great as well. So yeah, and and everyone. I don't know if everyone, but I, I did hear last season. I did hear criticisms because the the popular opinion, the weakest uh, episode last year was people were saying was chapter four, I believe, Sanctuary. Yeah, and that was Brace Dallas Howard's episode. Mm-hmm. So when I saw Brace Dallas Howard's the one that directed this one, I was like, she just proved everybody wrong. That right. She couldn't direct an action-packed freaking episode. Because that was... I mean, seeing stormtroopers and Imperial officers in old original trilogy uniforms right, was awesome. And my wife kind of looked at me and said, I thought the Empire was over. And I said, they are. I said, these are like the remnants. They yeah. think they still rule the galaxy which they don't the new republic does mm-hmm. but these are just like little cells and remnants like back when the rebels were starting and they were just little cells and stuff before they right. built up something bigger i said this is it's the opposite now yeah the the empire is like just little remnants here and there and they're apparent it, it's clear that their leader is moff gideon because he was even though it was just a hologram, he was so frightening in this episode. I mean, yeah. the fear that he drove into those those officers. I mean, just by saying, "Well, you know what the because you know what to do," without hesitation, blows away the two uh, pilots. Got in the chair and was going to kamikaze the ship just right. to get rid of the pirates. And he had that. I guess it's a Star Wars version of the cyanide, you know, pill or tooth, fake tooth in your mouth. Right, right. You down to kill yourself. When, when Bo-Katan said, she goes, I'll let you live. You just take take me to see him. Because, you know, the, the Darksaber's hers. And right. He, he, goes, he goes, you'll let me live, but he won't. And just like bit down and killed himself. I'm like, see, so that's the kind of fear. I mean, that's just seeing the power of Moff Gideon now. That if he drives that fear into his, you know, subordinates, that hey, they'll kill. They want to. They're willing to kill themselves, so he doesn't. <laughs> right. That's oh my goodness. I mean, how would he have killed him? Would he have? He. I think he would have made him suffer. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I would have not been pretty. Um, and that's also, and you again, you know, yeah. Another huge point is the dark saber now. Bo-Katan is after it. I wonder if Mando. He probably has no idea what the dark saber is. Actually, he probably has no, no personal stake. Now that I think about it. Yeah, he, he he's never seen it. He's never right? seen no, it. The, the only persons that have seen it, I believe that that we have actually seen so far, is Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. And of course. And then going off other characters, Sabine has has seen it. She's had it for a while, right? When that actually turned it back over to Bo Katan, because she was like, "You're you're you're the actual, you know, you're the one that should have this, right?" And 
I think. I'm trying to remember if Ahsoka's uh, ever seen it. Hmm. Oh, man, I'm going to have to go back and watch my Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Because I know Obi-Wan has seen it. Right. He, he, I think he was there on... Yeah, he was there on Mandalore when he met Death Watch. Right. So, yeah. He saw it, and... But, yeah. I just... I, I really do think that's going to be like a big thing. I don't know if Bogotan will get it back in this season because I'm pretty sure that Filoni is going to, as long as I think Katie Sackhoff wants to do it, I think Dave Filoni is just going to keep asking her to come back if she's yeah. willing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe make, maybe hold that off. For a season, you know, for a season, let her get it sometime next season back mm-hmm. from them. Because you really don't want to, if Moff Gideon's going to be your big bad for this series, you don't want to necessarily kill him off right in season two. Yeah. Which, honestly, I'll say I thought he was dead at the end of season one. <laughs> when that TIE fighter went down, I did. I thought he was dead. But, when they showed the wreckage and him cutting him, cutting himself out, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, this makes more sense. He's not a Darth Maul, you know. He's going to continue, right? So, yeah, but yeah, you don't want to kill off your big bad in season two. Yeah, so, well, she, she can still get it back from him without killing him. So, yeah, so I do think that him and her are going to have a knockdown drag out. Oh yeah, I I think that it's going to be a fight to the death for it for sure. Whenever it does happen, and um, I want to hear the story behind how he got that from her. Yeah, because did he take it from her during the 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 purge on Mandalore, the the siege of Mandalore there? Right. When the Empire was purging all the Mandalorians, mm-hmm. and because she even said it there in that episode that. When she was explaining to the Manda who she was, she goes, "You know, my name is Bo-Katan Kreese. I'm of Clan Kreese. I fought fought in the Purge." So yes, she was there. Well, we saw that she was there in the last season of Clone Wars, because that was just the beginning of the Purge. Right. So, yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if maybe he thought she was dead. And he just took it off of her. Maybe she was unconscious. I don't know. Yeah. But it'd be really interesting to hear that story because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know, we we heard Moff Gideon like to, you know, wax poetic about the past when he was digging up <laughs> the past about Cara Dune and Din Djarin and right. Uh, oh, now I'm forgetting Carl Weathers' character. Grief Karga. Yeah, Grief. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure when when him and Bo-Katan meet again, he, again he'll go, oh, Bo-Katan. And right. He'll, he'll go into the whole story about when he took the saber from her. and. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, just more of... Moff Gideon, you know, as the season yeah. and the show progresses. Like, he's obviously they've used him very sparingly, but what we have gotten from him has been awesome. 
I wouldn't expect anything less from. Uh, well, I can't think of the actor's name right now. I always call him Gus Fring you know, from Breaking Bad. Um, oh, okay. But you know everything I've seen him in, he's been awesome. Um, and yeah, I just it's it's one of the things I really look forward to. You know, later on in the show, uh, whenever we do get to see more of him, and you know, I'm sure he's gonna be the main focus at some point, right? Like it, it's that's what it's building up to in a way. Um, you know, on the side of, of course, um, right. Baby Yoda and in the, the adventure of finding out, you know, <laughs> where uh, the heck he came from and what's going to happen to him. G- so. Giancarlo Esposito. Okay, yeah. I, I just looked him up real quick because it was bugging me because actually it's it's funny that you say Breaking Bad. See, I never saw that. I remember um, Esposito from Do the Right Thing. Okay. Like we move you from back in the early nineties. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, he played he played kind of a comical character in that. So seeing him in a role like this really, you know, shows me like this dude is a great actor. Oh yeah. And I've I guess I've only seen him in dramas. Because I mean in Breaking Bad he was fantastic. He always stole the show and he kinda made his character in Breaking Bad you know, just go down as, or I guess not go down, but like just be, I should say, one of the um, best just villains um, yeah. in in TV or just cinema history. Just the way that his character was made, and um, you know the way the future, his character's future ends up going, was just fantastic. And he was kind of just bringing that to life. And there is not a better person. For, for the job, I, I feel like so. Right. Yeah. He uh, he's was really good as a villain of Breaking Bad, and I think this will be no exception later in the Mando. Yeah. yeah he 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 seems like plays play good villain, and yeah, I just can't wait to see more of him. See what he's going to bring, and where they're actually going to meet up again. Because, yeah, we we don't know where he went off to. Yeah. Does does, you know, do the empire since they're just like little cells? Where where is their secret little base now? Because <clears throat> you know they're not out there building big Death Stars anymore. Yeah. Well, well, I get actually. I guess at this point, since they said what they said in Force Awakens. The First Order rose from the ashes of the Empire, which means, I guess if you want to call the little like band that Moff Gideon's running, the ashes of the Empire, mm-hmm. the First Order rose up out of that. So could he actually be... Could he actually be the one that actually came up with the idea for Starkiller Base? Because that that probably took a while to yeah. hollow out that planet and do what they did to it. So, could they actually be hiding out on, you know, Star Killer? Maybe that's yeah. where their base is. Right, right. It would be interesting uh, that the whole prospect of like, yeah, what if Moff Gideon was somehow one of the building blocks of the First Order? Right. You know, like, what if, what if he, 
even if the you know the empire itself died out, one of his cells ended up being able to unite in the outer rim, um, and that eventually evolved into the first order once they try to rebuild. Um, right. That would be really interesting, and that leaves a lot of room. Yeah, it even leaves room for the Mandalorian to do his thing too, right? Because like, just because the first order becomes a thing doesn't mean that the Mandalorian will necessarily fail at his job. I mean, maybe it does, right? Like, maybe right. this is just going to be, like, the saddest ending to a show in history. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, with the death of Mando and Baby Yoda. Um, yeah. I, the, <laughs> Actually, Star... Yeah, Starkiller Base is is Ilum, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay, maybe we, we will get to see Ilum in this yeah. series after all, because, like, everyone thought, like I did, from the trailers... I thought that snow plant they showed in the tra- trailers was Ilum. But it ended up being you know, just a bunch of caves and spiders. So, but yeah, may- maybe we'll get to see Ilum after all. Yeah, it would be interesting. And, you know, I know I'm like, I'm, I'm shooting way out here in speculation. And this is really far, you could say, into the future. But, like, I, I just. I wonder if they would break everyone's hearts, you know, with the sad ending, like with big deaths um, yeah. in the show. I I don't know, right? Like, how do you write a happy ending for Baby Yoda when we know the events of the sequels, where you know he's kind of nowhere in theory to be seen. Uh, yeah, and who knows? Maybe he at that point. I mean. If he's 50 yeah. now, right? Like, if he's 50 in The Mandalorian, he's still, like, a, a baby, right? Can't even what? say you know, speak words yet. Then, I mean, 40 years from now, I mean, what is he, then a toddler? Is he a, just a <laughs> kid, you know? Right. Like, he wouldn't, even, he wouldn't even be ready, necessarily, to, like, become active in, in the story. So right. maybe there is plenty of space for him to peacefully exist independently of the main events. Um, right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hope they don't go. I'm gonna say the Rogue One route, and oh yeah, off. Yeah, because yeah, we we don't know. Maybe maybe Din Djarin just after he completed his missions and did what he had to do, just went off and went back to. Oh now I'm forgetting the name of that planet. Where that little village was, in sanctuary, and ah uh, yeah, and shacked up with that that woman there, mm-hmm. you know, and led a normal life. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah, I mean, not all these characters necessarily, because everyone I know a lot of Star Wars fans love that. Oh, we we need to tie in all these new characters that we see into the Skywalker saga somehow, which mm-hmm. I don't really agree with that. I'm like, no, you, you actually don't. I mean, yes, we're getting characters from the clone wars and rebels that are being brought to live action that were involved in the Skywalker saga, but that doesn't mean they have to drag the characters that they run into into that same timeline with them. Maybe Bo-Katan does offer the Mandalorian one more chance to, hey, come join us. And he, you know, politely 
refuses again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Never- yeah, we will have to wait and see. You know, that is going to be, I'm sure, one of the big, you know, things to come out of the show, especially if, you know, the Baby Yoda thing, what if that wraps up in, you know, three seasons' time, right? Like, maybe he gets what? peacefully sent off with you know, Luke Skywalker, whoever, and then it's just Mando for the last season or two and about his coming to terms with whatever it means for him to be Mandalorian and whatever he decides to do from there. Right. And and what I mean, yes, to to Din Jaren the armorer is I guess all wise and she's the one that told him you have to take this child back to his own kind. Now, when I first heard her say that, I thought she meant whatever species. Right. I think everyone did. I think everyone did. Yeah. And then when she mentioned the sorcerers known as Jedi, I'm like, is she talking his species or is he, is she just telling him to dump him with some Jedi? Right. Cause you never know. Maybe he takes her to, he, he he gets to Ahsoka, holds her up to Ahsoka, and hands them to her. And Ahsoka could just like look at him and go, "Okay, what do you want me to do with this?" Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's going to recognize it and go, "Oh my God, Yoda had a kid." Yeah, <laughs> but she, what do you want me to do? Um, can you tell me about him? What <laughs> you know? Yeah, what am I supposed? And you know my. And it's going to throw Din Djarin, you know, back because he's going to be like, well, I was told to bring him to you. He's one of you. He's your kind, you know. <laughs> That's when, you know, Soka could be going, what do you mean he's my kind? So, yeah, we just don't know. Yeah. What's going to happen? Ahsoka may reject taking him and mm-hmm. saying, no, this isn't right. You can't just leave him with us. The... Well, yeah, I guess I guess technically the Jedi are, are starting to be rebuilt if Luke does have his academy up and running. So yeah, or there, there's another possibility how they can throw Luke in there without slapping us in the face. Ahsoka could drop him off at Luke's academy <laughs> and go, "Here you go." Here's a little force sensitive baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, have fun. You know. <laughs> but that's I was really hope I'm I'm still really hoping the that we find a a whole planet of uh uh Yodas. So we finally get to under or finally get to know what his species is. Oh yeah. So, but and I know some people will say no. I don't want to know. I I like the mystery of it. Yeah, I like the mystery of it too. But I just want to know. Yeah. Because they all got. Some fans were getting bent out of shape because when we first were introduced to him, he was referred to as Baby Yoda. Well, no, he's not a Baby Yoda. That was his name. Yoda was his name. Right. Calling him Baby Yoda because we don't know what species it is yeah not yeah, until true. we found out he was referred to as the child and i think that was what chapter two of season one was called the child 
I think. Or, no. It was either two or three. But one of those episodes was called The Child, and that's when we found out, okay, we were supposed to refer to him as The Child. So, it's just, that's the only reason I would like to know, just so we we actually have a, a different species of Star Wars character. And then you can go off from there and, like, have, like, different, you know, bring more characters like Yoda into the Star Wars universe. So, I mean, and maybe we'll get to meet, like, one that's 200 years old. I guess that would mean he's, what, early teenager? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, you never know. Yeah, it will be interesting uh, to see, you know, if if they choose to reveal and, you know, talk about, you know, like you said, maybe this past, the species, you know, if Ahsoka relates it to, uh, um, you know, something with Yoda and Yaddle, of course. Can't forget about her. Yeah, Um, Yeah, they're the only two that we've ever seen. Right, right. And Yaddle was literally just on screen right like there was just nothing at all really detailed about her in the movies or right anything like that so it was just kind of weird that it was just him and her right that looked alike we're like there has to be more of your kind mm-hmm. where are they and they never bother to talk about where they came from you know right we, we don't know where yoda's home world is yeah of course when i was a kid I always thought it was Dagobah, because mm, that's yeah. where he was. Right, when right. Luke met him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the planet that their species would be found on, it would just, it would be really interesting. And of course, I mean, we're three for three on Force-sensitive ones of these species, so I have to imagine yeah. they must just be an incredibly powerful That's what I'm thinking. They have to be from a planet that just, like, radiate, like, sort of like Ilum, just yeah. has some kind of Force... I don't know what was in their water when they were all kids, but, uh, (laughs) man, yeah, they really did grow up to be quite the force users. And yeah. And everyone was saying, you know, yeah, there is something in the water. So yeah. 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 I mean, it's a lot for 35 minutes. That was a lot of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You know, for a 35 minute episode, a lot was hinted at, you know, or even just explained and set up for the future. Um, I can see this one being longer, especially if it's kind of like a find Ahsoka type of episode. That adventure yeah. could be a solid forty-five plus minutes. So yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it doesn't drop down to like twenty-nine minutes or something. Like that. Yeah, that would be short. Yeah, were there on. any episodes in season one that were as short as this? I believe there was. I yeah. just remember off the top of my head without, you know, bringing the Disney yeah. Plus menu up and looking at it. Yeah, I wonder if, if I can easily get to it on my laptop here real quick, if I can see the length of the, if it loads, if my Wi-Fi decides to connect to the site. Uh, there we go. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm on Disney Plus. I'm gonna go to season one and check. Yep. Okay. Actually. Season one. Yeah, 
Uh, yes, chapter two of season one was 33 minutes. Oh, wow. See, I would have never... That was really short. Uh, chapter five was 36 minutes. I thought chapter five was the weakest of season one, personally. Um, but that's oh, it. Chapter five, the that's gunslinger, it. yeah. Yeah. The gunslinger with what's his name? I didn't care for that that new character they brought in. Well, yeah, he got blown away quick anyway. So. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I I I liked uh, chapter four. It was chapter five was the one I really didn't yeah. like that much personally. I mean, it was fine. There was nothing really wrong with it. It was just my least favorite out of all of them. Um, it's the one that I would probably watch the least over and over again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The longest yeah. one in that. Season one was chapter eight. Yeah, the finale makes yeah, sense. Not, nine minutes longer than the premiere, mm-hmm. but yeah, in, ch- in season two, fifty-five minutes, forty-two minutes, thirty-six, 36 minutes. Yeah, just a steady decline okay. of duration. No. Start going back up. Yeah, because it's like yeah. when uh, Obi Wan and um, Anakin are in the elevator and the separatist flagship uh, vessel and. Revenge of the Sith, and he tells R2, we need to be going up, not down. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's what I can relate it to. Oh my goodness. Now that you said that, that was the, that was the gift that that person that tweeted that out used. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly what my mind goes to. Oh my goodness. Exactly, yep. The prequels, yeah. the prequels are, are a gold mine for that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, they got... Yeah, peep, you know, you can knock the prequels all you want, and some people you know, still don't like them, you still don't like them, but you can't deny some of the best quotes. Oh, yeah, I just don't like something so quotable, and just something to have like so much fun with as like you're watching it, right? And like you can just you know just quote. I just don't see how you can't like them. You know, right. as a diehard prequel fan myself, like how can you not like the prequels? Exactly. Uh, but no. you know, that's just me. That's just me. Now I'm hoping that I just as I'm playing around here in Disney Plus, I just saw the the Disney Gallery series that they did last season for the mandalorian for season one Mm. i wonder i'm hoping they actually do one for season two like just talk about making the different episodes in season two yeah that would be really because they did have some newer um i think they already had like a new new director in one of the episodes here that was different from last season. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, get the newer directors, newer maybe writers that were in this season, sit them around the table and talk to them about their creative process for season two and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we'll... No, if we're getting another one of those until after season two's over. Yeah. And, well, speaking about, I was, I was already looking for, looking ahead in time because I was telling my wife the other day, it's like, I told her, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do after season two of The Mandalorian ends. 
I told her, so yeah. what am I looking forward to? Well, I don't know if you saw it, but Marvel gave the release date of WandaVision. WandaVision premieres in or on January 21st. Yeah. Which, okay. to me, if I'm thinking outright, that's like maybe like at least like maybe a week or two after Mandalorian ends. Because yeah. I looked at what date what day that was, and that's a Friday. So looks like WandaVision is going to be dropping on Fridays too. Wow. Okay. Which I'm, like, I'm like, there we go. I got my I got my fix set up. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they're just. I know they're. I'm not sure which Marvel series is supposed to be next, though. I knew one division was first. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the Lo- the Loki series or not. Hmm, I'm not sure. But yeah, or no. Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Falcon. Okay. I think it's supposed to be the next one. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. So much good stuff. I mean, so far, Disney Plus has become my like most used streaming service right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's something that I, I know. Actually, um, I mean, what has been great has been, I mean, really all the Star Wars stuff is what I've been using it for. Yeah. Um, I really have not gone back and rewatched any of the Marvel um, stuff. I mean, because I'm just watching a lot of new stuff, really. I really haven't been rewatching right. much at all, um, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I guess some Star Wars stuff. I really haven't checked that much out outside of it. I mean, I see there's like a National Geographic section. Oh, yeah. I really Actually, think that was the thing. There's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just got into watching. Oh, yeah, I did. I watched, I watched a couple episodes of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Which is awesome. I mean, yeah. if, like Jeff, if you like Jeff Goldblum as an actor and just as an entertainer. Right, right. It, it's an awesome show. He just goes around, and I think the first episode was about sneakers. Uh-huh. And he just goes into like the details of there's this person that actually does custom sneakers and you know, they cost you a lot of money, but to see the finished product of these sneakers is just mind blowing. And yeah, I think he also did one on ice cream and he just takes a deep dive into that subject. And wow. Just like really cool, and he puts you know the gold bloom spin on the stuff to make it fun. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think Gordon Ramsay has a show on there, and it's not a cooking show. Ah, okay, okay. It's called Uncharted. It's like a travel show. Oh, okay. Which is pretty. Int- I haven't dove into it yet, but there's oh wow. There's two seasons of it already. Wow. I actually, oh, there was, I saw, I can't remember what streaming service. It was one of the ones that I had, I think. But I saw they just added a lot of um, Kitchen Nightmares to a service. 
Oh, yeah. And that's a show I really would like to go back and watch, actually, because I've watched a little bit of it, and what I watched was highly entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, of course, I was first introduced to Gordon Ramsay with Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. But after, like, maybe three or four seasons of that, I just got bored with it, like all competition shows, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, Hell's with. Kitchen doesn't seem that interesting to me, but... Yeah, right. but Kitchen Nightmares then, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, and then I saw he. Then after Hell's Kitchen, he came out with Kitchen Nightmares, and my wife and I really got into that one because it's not a competition show. Right. It goes around different restaurants, and I mean, for anybody out there that hasn't seen it, it goes around to different restaurants that are struggling, and it's so funny because these owners are oblivious. Mm-hmm. They can't figure out why they're struggling, and when you see why, yeah, sometimes it's disgusting. Yeah, but it's also amazing because he, anybody that knows Gordon Ramsay and seen any of his shows, he's very blunt. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that's and a nice he, way of putting it. He'll just tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. So, and just to see that those interactions are just really cool. Oh yeah. Um yeah, besides, besides those shows I've been actually I don't think I've gotten very far, but I've actually started uh going back and starting to rewatch The Simpsons. I Okay. I am going to try to get up to the thirty first season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot but, of binging right there. I know. I mean yeah, this I I'm still able to see the new, the newest episodes on Hulu, of course, the day after they air. Mm-hmm. But Hulu, I think, since Disney owns The Simpsons now, I think the deal is now that Hulu will have the newest season on Hulu. Yeah, and after that season's over and the next season starts, yeah, that whole season will get put over on Disney Plus. And that's if you want to go back and watch it that way, that's where you're gonna to have to go and watch the older ones. Mm. But yeah, I think I'm up to I think I got up to season three of The Simpsons. Season three or four so far. And mind you, I start I started rewatching these back when Disney Plus first debuted, so Oh wow. So you're ways into it then for sure. Yeah. So but yeah, I'm up to three or four right now, but I would love to get all the because I think I really stopped actively watching The Simpsons on like season 12 or 13. Yeah. But so after I get to the the ones that I've never seen before, I think it should be really interesting to see, hey, you know, is it still holding up? So. But yeah, I just can't believe they... Uh, it's just, it was the first, what do you call it, adult animation show mm-hmm. that I remember watching. Oh, yeah. And we're talking, I was, Jesus, I'm trying to think when the very first episode premiered. Because I re- actually remember them actually premiering on the Tracy Ullman show. 
back in the late 80s. So I am not sure when they first premiered, but yeah, I know it's just been a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't watched much of The Simpsons. I was always a Family Guy person, right? Um, just because yeah. that's that's just what I watched. You know, there wasn't for any reason in particular. I think I just um, kind of saw it one day on Netflix, and it's since been removed from from Netflix, sadly. But uh, I think they ended up moving it maybe yeah. to Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. So it's on I've, Hulu now. Yeah, I, I've started rewatching Family Guy as well. Yeah. Well, so I have, I have all the Family Guy. Or yeah, of all the Family Guy seasons on DVD up to season twelve or thirteen. Okay. So I'm not too far behind on collecting them on DVD, but yeah, it's I, I love Family Guy. That's that's probably what made me stop watching The Simpsons is the debut of Family. Guy. <laughs> Because I love that so much, and Seth MacFarlane made me laugh so hard. So yeah, I know I have the uh, the Family Guy Star Wars parodies. Oh yeah, on, and I, I love those. Those are fantastic. Same with the uh, the Robot Chicken. I don't watch any Robot Chicken. However, I have seen the Star Wars parodies, and those were those were hilarious. I, those were definitely giving. Um, Family Guy Star Wars parody run for its money, if not a little bit better. Yeah, uh, but no, both are fantastic. And I think honestly, I would say they're both must watches if you like, um, you know, anim- you know, animated shows like that, and you like Star Wars. I mean, that's that's a pretty, that's a pretty huge must see. I would think. So yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm, well, yeah, I'm like. I'm still in the Family Guy. I'm. I just got caught up on the first, what three or four episodes of the new season. Okay, I have not watched any of the newer stuff. I don't even. I think I. Uh, I just don't remember when I start stopped watching Family Guy because I was watching them in order. Right. Uh, I just don't remember when. I think Cleveland had already left. I don't know what season okay. he left. Yeah, I have to go back and look, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to Google that real quickly. It's <laughs> just a dumb yeah. dumb fact. I don't know. What season did Cleveland leave Family Guy? It's already there in the search bar. Yeah, he... Officially written out of Family Guy during season eight. Okay. So yeah, I'm I at remember, least in season eight. I remember that that Sunday that they did that because they put the episode of Family Guy on can't remember if it was before no they they put the episode they put the very first episode of Cleveland show on before the new episode of Family Guy because the the very first episode of the Cleveland show is Cleveland actually still in Cohog in the okay. drunken clam with Joe right. Quagmire and Peter and they're they're talking and Peter told one of his dumb jokes and Joe and Quagmire laughing, and Cleveland's just sitting there, you know, looking depressed. And all of a sudden, Peter's like, he's like, Cleveland, he's like, he goes, what's your problem? And that's, and Cleveland just goes, he goes, my divorce is final. He goes, Loretta, Loretta bought, got the house. He goes, and kicking me out. 
So, mm-hmm. and that's the whole setup was she she was kicking him out. So he decided, what the heck, he was going to go uh, try to live his dream about being a hitting instructor for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh yeah. Well, his dream was to be a hitting instructor for a major league baseball team. It just so happens that. Uh, because at the time, I think Joe Torre was the manager of the Dodgers. And, uh, Cleveland got a, gathered them all, all together in, the, in his house to let him know that he was leaving. Mm-hmm. And said, he goes, yeah, he goes, I got a call from my own, my old hitting instructor, Joe Torre. Oh, no, that's yeah. right. Cleveland was going to be a, or a scout for a major league baseball team. He goes, I got a, he goes, I got a call from my old hitting instructor, Joe Torre. He goes, he's going to set me up to be a scout for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. The line Peter had next was just so funny. He was like, he goes, so wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes, Joe Torre, a guy that coached the Yankees to four World Series. He goes, was your old hitting instructor. And this is the first time we're hearing of it. (laughs) He goes, he goes, well, he goes, you guys never listen to me. He goes, he goes, oh, he goes, the only thing Cleveland's good for, he goes, Oh, he goes, if, if I need, if Peter needs something for his cutaway or, or if he, he wants to re reenact the whole damn star Wars, <laughs> he goes, Cleveland's on board. He goes, that's the only time you listen to me. It's uh, great. But yeah, but it, it was, yeah, Cleveland show wasn't that bad, but I could see why it didn't catch on. Yeah, I saw a few episodes and I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." There's, I probably won't sit down and watch all of it. And I was like, "Okay, it's fine. It's its own thing. It's existing. I I have no problems. It's just doing its thing, you know." Uh, I'm I'm glad they when they decided to end it, they wrote in that Cleveland. I forget what exactly happened, but he had to move back to Cohog, and he did bring his family with him. Mm. So it's not like they were getting rid of all the characters. Yeah, so they're they're still there in the background and Family Guy, but yeah, yep. I will always cherish just every scene when you know the common gag, of course, in Family Guy is something will happen to uh, you know Cleveland's house and he'll be in the bathtub. Oh yes, you know, screaming no 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 no. no, 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 no. Yep, as he like slides out. It, it's actually, just actually, I think that's one of the things that prompted him to actually leave Quahog before I think he even said he got a job offer because uh, him, and, him and Junior were sitting up in the bathroom while Cleveland was in the bathtub and he was talking to Junior about, he goes, he goes, what are we going to do? He goes, your mother, your mother wants us out of this house by tomorrow. He goes, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden Peter outside, Peter was trying to, he had a rocket strapped to his back and he was telling Brian to light the fuse. And Brian goes, I don't think this is a good idea. And he goes, he goes, the roadrunner and coyote do it all the time. He goes, light it. <laughs> and, and he lit it and he just like flying out of control. And of course he goes right through Cleveland's house. Yeah. And, and that's when he slides out of the bathtub and crashes on the ground. And he goes, he went, that's it. He goes, I'm leaving. <laughs> 
yeah. yeah, yeah, hilarious show for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I yeah, I need I need to pick back up some Family Guy here and there, absolutely. Um, but I think it definitely you know brightened my day up, give me a little bit of maybe post day stress relief in between yeah. classes or something. Exactly. But uh, yeah. With uh, with that being said, I think we can wrap it up on that good note. Um, yeah, yeah, because you, you know, you know, it's getting time to end the show when we just start wandering <laughs> we start, off to different. Yeah, topics. when we start talking about Cleveland falling out of his bathtub, <laughs> that or yeah, when we journey into our sports talking too. So oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, I do have something to say. Not you know about sports, but I, I won't bother with it. But I will say that uh, you know my where I'm going to college, A and M, man, where it, it it ain't looking good for us in football right now. We've canceled, not canceled, but technically postponed at the technical term right now. My guess is we can kiss our playoff hopes goodbye because we'll never end up playing those games. But oh wow, we'll see. It's it, it, it's unfortunate. The one year where we feel like we've had a shot, it happens. It was yeah. too good to be true for us. But yeah, well, I could say, well, I could say out of the three college football teams I follow, West Virginia's not doing that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, I think they're five and three. Okay. Uh, Fl- Florida State, I wish they would just cancel the rest of their season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's times when they look good, but. They always look good at the beginning of the game, but they should look good the whole game. They just can't, I guess, put it all together just yet. And, and of course, Notre Dame. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, might, they, they have a good chance this year. Yeah, that's true. Because that, the one game I expected them to lose, which... I shouldn't say that because I'm a fan, but right, I, I did it. I didn't think they would beat Clemson, but even with Clemson's backup quarterback, I thought they weren't going to beat them. But oh my goodness, did they prove me wrong? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm just now rewatching that game now because, yeah, I, I discovered that some some college games. YouTube, I don't know what channel it is on YouTube. They put the whole freaking game on YouTube. Oh wow. So I I'm like in the middle of rewatching that game on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Because I was just like, wow, I just cannot believe they beat them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have a good shot this year. And who knows? Because who who even knows what the playoffs are gonna look like this year if they even have them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's true. It's gonna be a nightmare trying to factor in, you know, teams that played less games and teams that, yeah, maybe didn't get just to prove themselves, but they look good. Because yeah, the Big Ten's only playing Big Ten, right? Right, and yeah. their season's kind of short too, isn't it? And I think, yeah, I think ACC's only playing ACC. Mm-hmm. That that's how Notre Dame played this year because they agreed just for this season to join the ACC so they could actually play. Yeah. If they didn't do that, they wouldn't be able to play because they're independent. Right. So, yeah, they agreed to join the ACC for one year so they could play a season. 
And yeah, Big 12's only playing Big 12 and same for SEC and yeah, the so, Pac-12 as well. So if, if they're only doing that so they keep it all in a bubble, how are they going to do the bowls and playoffs? Yeah, they're probably going to have to make an probably some exceptions and then they're just gonna have to bear the brunt of the covid <laughs> cases that come with it i guess yeah either that That's or i guess either that or what the the top worst scenario will be especially for teams like notre dame unfortunately they get these teams go undefeated and after the last games played the acc comes out or the NCAA comes out and says there there won't be any playoffs or bowls this year, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Then why did we play this season?" Right. But yeah, and I've always I, I've already heard some well fa- fans of NFL teams that aren't doing good, like like me. I say, you know what? Just cancel the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> oh God, the the NFC East has got to be the worst division in football right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Your your first place team has three wins. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles three wins. The New York Giants, which is probably playing, they're playing the best football in the NFC East right now, with three wins. But the only reason they're in second is because they have more losses because of that tie that Philadelphia has. Right. And I'm like, oh my goodness. It it's just ridiculous. I I was joking about it earlier this season, but I really do think the winner of that division is gonna have a losing record. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be you know, seven and nine at best. <laughs> at but, best oh it's just <laughs> they're gonna and, get probably just wiped out in the wild card from whoever they play yeah and this past Sunday's Washington game was oh just so heartbreaking mm, I didn't see it did they did they lose a close one yes they were yeah. down they were down uh, 24 to 3 yeah and they came back in the fourth quarter to tie it up at 27 with 16 seconds left. Now, any normal person saying this game's going into overtime. No. They kicked it off. Detroit gets the ball. I think they ran a couple plays. They were right near midfield with a couple seconds left. And our, our rookie our number one pick in the draft, Chase Young, gets called for a late hit on the quarterback, which moves him into field goal range, and the Lions kicker kicked like a 52-yard field goal to win the game. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm like, I should have went into overtime. (laughs) But... Uh, yeah, uh, it was just. I was like, I love you, Chase Young. You're a great player, but oh my goodness, bonehead. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
Maybe we'll we'll call uh, it at that. We'll call it. At yeah, that. I was gonna say. Now, now there we go. That that's the way to end the Canto Cast is <laughs> going off on different tangents at the end and then ending with sports. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, with that being said, um, yeah, guys, we'll and, and gals will log it off here for the uh, for the evening, and hopefully, you guys enjoyed um, Mando episode eleven as or chapter eleven, excuse me, as much as we did, and we yep. are looking forward to chapter twelve. I, I am. I think it's going to yep. be a really fun ride from here on out, and hopefully. We'll have time to sit down next week sometime and talk about it. Mm -hmm. I hope we do. I hope we do. So, I'm Tristan. I'm Jeff. And may the force be with you. Always. Give the evacuation code signal. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Life is about passions. Thank you for sharing ours. This has been the CantoCast. May May the the force force be with you. you. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.